I bet that you look good in a bookshop. Not sure if you're looking for romantics or Renaissance literature. I bet that you look good in a bookshop. Got Animal Farm? No, just 1984. Just 1984. Hello and welcome back to Burley Fisher's Isolation Station. I am Sam Fisher, your guest host, uh, and I'm here today with Anthony and So. Hello. Hi. We're not here today with you. No. Just just to be clear, <laughs> <laughs> they're not here with me. Don't come after us, please. We're on the phone. We're on the phone. Really All alone in quiet rooms. Um, just to explain, Dan's actually on a silent podcast retreat uh, this week, so um, he's gone out there to, you know, figure out how to make us talk less. <laughs> he will be writing an essay about his silent podcast retreat yeah. for the Fitzcarraldo essay competition. <laughs> yeah. And he will win. He will win. He will win. <laughs> he will win. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, a lot of people have been writing in and asking us, is psychogeography dead in this brave new world? <gasps> in fact, I know, it's shocking. Please <laughs> say it's cope? not true. <laughs> no one actually has written in and uh, asked us that, but we're going to answer the question anyway. <laughs> um, we wrote into ourselves. <laughs> yeah. We did idly see someone wondering on Twitter if the literature of walking was the real victim of all this. An important question, one that needs an answer. So we, we, we've talked to a load of um, booksellers this week about how they've been coping. So we thought we could fold that into a cake of <laughs> A cake that's also a map. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a, a cake map. Yeah. <laughs> Death um, with the candles. <laughs> it's your birthday, everyone. Can you tell that we've been on our own? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe a little bit. So, so tell us, where are we going first? Well, of course, we're starting in the Edgelands, the margins of London, in what I am obliged to describe as the leafy suburb uh, of Crouch End. Uh, Checks in the post other... from uh, the council. Yeah, exactly. You're you're banned from NA unless you describe it as a leafy suburb. Is but it also are... is it also known as Cruchon by people that live Cruchon there? and uh, occasionally as Nappy Valley by people who've had to negotiate <laughs> all the prams and buggies. Layers of history. Layers <laughs> of history. I will try and work in a reference Spriggan that overlooks the abandoned train line, which is also an obligatory psychopography moment, but we're not going anywhere near it. We're going to the high street to Pickled Pepper Books. Nailed it first time, Pickled Pepper, <laughs> which is an independent children's bookstore and theatre. And we were very lucky to speak to Abby, who is one of the staff there, about how a bookstore, particularly a bookstore that prides itself on its events, on its community life, is trying to keep going. Uh, during coronavirus and while everyone in Crucial is queued up at Waitrose and not buying books (laughs) (laughs) whatever (laughs) buying artichokes sounds brilliant well let's let's hear from Abby I'm 
here today on Burley Fisher's Isolation Station with Abby from Pickled Pepper Books. What a tongue twister. Do people phone you up and say, hello, is that? Yeah, they do always. And people come in and they're like, hey, Pickled Pepper Pepper. And we once had a um, a book launch for a book called Picking Pickle. Um, no. That was real fun. Picking Pickle at Pickled Pepper Books. <laughs> you did that brilliantly. It was Yeah, just about. <laughs> I just... I'm envisioning pickle now. So picking pickle, that's our first recommendation. Um, But we're going to hear some more recommendations for Abby for books that you can read with your young readers, that your young readers can read alone. And at this time of crisis that you might just feel like curling up with in a simpler, gentler, more beautiful world, which is, I think, what kids with YA books often offer. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that at times like this, like books are just so important. Like, um, there's Matt Haig's book notes on a nervous planet. And he talks about like the power of fiction, um, and how, like when the world is going crazy and when the world is really difficult, like fiction is the answer. It's like how you lose yourself as well. And like, also because I feel like everybody's going to be looking at screens a lot, like, because everyone's going to be at home, you can't get outside. So the power of just kind of losing yourself in a book which hasn't got a light behind it and things is so important at the moment, especially for children when they're going to be not in school, like looking at normal people with faces. <laughs> they can just Absolutely. look at a book. <laughs> that makes me think of those um, fantastic picture books with pull tabs, like Can You Pull a Funny Face? Yeah, 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 totally. Do you have a, a favourite book that you're looking at at the moment? Are you rereading an old favourite or catching up with something new? So at the moment, I'm actually rereading um, Adam Kay's book, This Is Going To Hurt, because I just, oh. yeah, I was just kind of thinking about the NHS and obviously because of the time we're in, all these amazing people who are kind of working so hard to keep everybody safe. And I just wanted to reread that book and kind of revisit that 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 experience because when I read that book it kind of just changed completely how I felt I like knew the NHS was really hard and I knew it was really hard to be a doctor obviously but I just never knew the kind of extent of what those people do for us so I'm actually rereading that at the moment and if anyone like hasn't read it I really I just can't recommend it enough it's so important because it just completely encapsulates everything that is just so magnificent about our national health service we're definitely going to second that shout out uh, and a shout out to everyone who is working for the NHS, not just doctors, but nurses, porters, mm, totally. people working in catering to make sure that all the staff are well fed as well. Um, and what about picture books or chapter books? What are you recommending a lot of uh because you have an online order system, a mail order system, we don't do. you? We do. Yeah, we have an online order system and an online shop. And we also have a book fairy service. <gasps> um, What's know, a I'm book so fairy? Um, so a book fairy is, I mean, it's me. I'm the book fairy. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing an actual book fairy. I'm so honoured. <laughs> um, but basically what you can do is you can email Pickle Pepper um info at picklepepperbooks.co.uk shout out um and you can uh, you can basically send us the age or the reading age if it's comp- if it's really like vastly different from your child's age of your child or children um and then send us the last book that they love the last two books that they loved or anything kind of about them that you might think is important and then the book fairy will send you to your door three books that they that the book fairy thinks that they will love 
um, that in like a is, little special parcel. That yeah. is literally magic. It's so fun, and you get like a proper email from the book fairy, and you know, um, and um, I mean normally when the shops open we do like a special message and stuff from the book fairy which is really nice um at the moment we're having to do all like sneaky deliveries through royal mail and stuff through the suppliers but when we bookshop when the bookshop opens again as well then you get a special book fairy parcel um wow i probably shouldn't say that i probably shouldn't say that it's worse now i probably should say that it's better now. That was probably a stupid thing to say on the podcast. Um, I think people people need it and appreciate it more now. That's certainly yeah, what we've been definitely. hearing. Just customers have been so kind and so appreciative, which oh, makes us feel so good. so kind, yeah. Like, people are sending us the loveliest emails and being like, we just want to support you. Like, what can we do? Like, what can we do to help? Um, and it just like, I get like really emotional every time I'm working mm. from home. I'm getting all these like emails of people being like, we were going to get Easter eggs for Easter, but we're going to get Easter books instead because we want to support you. And it's just like, oh, amazing. Yeah, so it's really nice. What would be your top pick for an Easter picture book? Oh, oh God, an Easter picture book. Um, Not necessarily about yeah, Easter, okay. but, but about but for, spring, maybe so, nature. Yeah. Oh, my f- I mean, my favourite picture book ever, 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 ever. And it, it is like a, it's like a semi-popular one. So people might have heard of it. It's called Julian as a Mermaid. Yes! Um, Sorry, yeah. that was really it's, overexcited. No, but it's the best book in the world. It's by Jessica Love, who is amazing. And I met her at one of her launches and she is the kindest woman in the world. Um, but it's, just the best picture book and like I have never ever shown this to anyone in the shop and they have like who hasn't been like I have to buy this immediately because it is the most beautiful thing like it's so simple it's a really simple book it's about Julian who is a young boy who um just wants to be a mermaid and he loves mermaids and he sees them um on the train in in America I think he's like on the subway and he sees these three women who are dressed as mermaids and he goes oh I want to be a mermaid and so he goes back to his grandma's house and his grandma goes in the shower and then he kind of pulls apart his grandma's house he like pulls her <laughs> curtains down and like borrows her lipstick and her like plants he like pulls them off and puts them in his hair and turns himself into a mermaid and then his grandma comes out and she then she it's it's just so beautiful the way it's like written because it's like really simple really minimal text she comes out of the shower and she just goes oh come here darling and then gives him some beads and it's just so simple um because you kind of expect oh no is the grandma going to be okay with him dressing up as a mermaid and then of course she is and it's just like and then she takes him to a mermaid parade at the end <laughs> <laughs> and it, the writing by Jessica Love is absolutely phenomenal in that yeah, book so but the good. artwork yeah like is exquisite. incredible incredible I've never seen any artwork like it it's like watercolors but it's like brighter I have honestly no idea how she does it because they're just gorgeous yeah um her Instagram as well like oh my god I have to plug her Instagram because it's just like I could look at it for days um it's just gorgeous like you want to have every single page like as a print it's amazing fabulous yeah. (laughs) yeah it's a really it's a really special book and it's great to read with really small children who can look at and explore the pictures and then for yeah. older children who are thinking about their identity or how they fit in in the world there's just layers yeah. and layers of messages yeah. that are on there and it's it, yeah it's totally and it like it, it is completely that as well like really small children who don't really have like a massive understanding of of gender identity and things like that they all kind of just 
completely fall in love with the pictures and you know little children when they're really small they just kind of think you know they're just like everyone is everyone is okay and everyone is accepted and everyone is everyone is a mermaid yeah everyone is a mermaid and then kind of yeah (laughs) older children who kind of have a bit more of understanding it they always really identify with that kind of self-acceptance message of it and especially when you get to like slightly older children who are around like maybe five or six who are getting to that stage where they're kind of thinking about the fact that they because I mean when you're kind of two you kind of you just exist in your own world and you know and and, you know you don't really necessarily consider other people but when you get to like five or six you kind of start thinking about other people and how your place in the world um so books about self-acceptance I think are really important for that age even though the text is minimal it's I think it's still a really important message to give and then I also gave that book to my friend who was 25 um best present ever yeah because his name is Julian and I was like oh well you're my mermaid so I gave it to him and he loved it so I I genuinely think it's a nice present for everyone we're going to be sobbing before this conversation is out. So I'm going to, I'm going to move on before I embarrass <laughs> oh, um, you. Next, I want to ask about chapter books. So we were talking yes. a bit about how as your, re- your reading age and your mm-hmm. life experience changes, what you read changes as well and what you take from it. And I'm just thinking about kids who were perhaps at school and they were just grasping reading. And that's maybe been a bit interrupted for them by being homeschooled so I'm thinking about what is a really great book to get children into reading both reading with you as a grown-up but then because they want to keep reading it for themselves they just Mm. go ahead and munch it so I'm going to give a shout out to Vajak Poor by SF Saeed which is a book well known for getting children into reading because they just so want to know what happens next to Vodak, mm. who is a cat who goes outside and has an adventure with his friends, new friends, um, Holly and Tam in the city. Uh, and it's full of very exciting pictures as well that just really encourage readers who might be reluctant or a little bit scared to tackle that big block of text situation. So what what do you recommend at Pickle Pepper for people who are at that stage of their reading journey? Um, oh, so that that kind of stage it's just really important when you get to that stage of your reading journey I think is to not put too much pressure on like reading anything particularly complicated or any like it sounds weird to say highbrow because highbrow is obviously not something you think about when you think of children's literature but it actually does like happen like people think that there's almost a hierarchy of subjects and things like that and like books about animals are somehow less you know warranted than books about like kind of real subjects but actually like it's really important to let children kind of read what they want to read and that's why I I really like the book the rabbit and bear books by Julian Goff I don't know if you know them they're they're, mm, ridiculous I love them they're all about like a lot of them are about poo and about pooing on each other's heads and eating poo and things like that they are ludicrous but I absolutely love them because they are so good for children who are like just getting started into chapter books and are maybe a bit reluctant um because you just tell them that that it's about that and they immediately (laughs) pull it out of your hands because they're like that sounds like the most hilarious thing in the world and the same for the for the wiggles bottom primary books by pamela butchart which which are brilliant brilliant brilliant. you say the word wiggles bottom primary and every six and seven year old is like yeah that's 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 the thing that i want to be involved in (laughs) (laughs) they just they just think it's the the funniest thing in the world um and i just think it's really important when you get to that kind of um early reader stage is to just like let children kind of dictate that journey um 
and you know obviously encouragement and, and and things like that and taking children to libraries taking children to bookshops is really important but it's really important that you don't think oh they should be reading the secret garden or they should be reading black beauty at this time because actually those kind of books that are really silly still do keep that encouragement going yeah <laughs> and right now we all need a bit of toilet humor we have been yeah, doing a exactly. special a special game on the podcast which is your toilet book which is not the book that you're going to read on the toilet it's when the toilet paper runs out mm. which book which is going to be the first book that you oh use. wow oh my gosh <gasps> oh no <laughs> um, it's okay to say any Ofsted school report yeah yeah oh god I'm just trying to think of something that's not like really I like I don't want to say anything too divisive politically um. <laughs> <laughs> oh no we're here for the beef we're here for the beef can I say David Cameron's book for the record I haven't absolutely. got it absolutely but I would go out and find it and I would because I just think no David <laughs> it's not the time it's, it's not it's now Read it's the not room, the time David. No, one, no one wants to hear from you so shush I can totally imagine supermarkets just restocking the toilet paper shelves with that <laughs> <Yeah>. book. <laughs> yeah. And maybe Great. just like a few copies of the Daily Mail just stuffed next to the toilet just in case. Am I allowed to say that? Is yeah. That okay. <laughs> and for um, readers who may think that they're past the Wiggles Boston primary stage, even though yep. they're secretly not, um, I'm thinking particularly 12 plus readers yep. who may be at the moment totally thrown by the loss of their social world yeah so the kind of readers who've maybe already gobbled up noughts and crosses yeah um and watch the tv and are looking for something that is going to be as involving as passionate as exciting and is going to speak to all their the feelings that they're having right now oh there's so many good ones this is Great. a really difficult one because you can sing them book, to the tune of our I favorite love... things from the oh. sound of music I just because I love YA. I we have a we have a teen book group at Pickle Pepper, and I just love YA. Like I talk to them, like these kids are just like the best kids in the world. Like they come in every other Monday, and they're so politically involved. They're like, I can't believe how amazing they are. Like every week they come in, and they're like talking about like political movements, and they all go to Extinction Rebellion, and I'm like, you guys, you kids are amazing. Like when I was that age, I was like a blithering idiot like <laughs> I was just like up the park like wondering who I was going to be kissing like I wasn't involved <laughs> at all um but yeah there's so many amazing YA books in the moment one that I love 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 it's just won the um the Stonewall award it's called Black Flamingo by Dean yes, Atta by Dean Atta. oh god I love this book it's beautiful I mean th this it's, it's tricky to recommend at the moment because like there's bits in it that are um, that are like kind of gritty and there's bits in it you know that, that are difficult to read because it is about a, like a young um black person's lgbt experience so you know there are bits in it that are kind of difficult to read but so if it's like you're just looking for something completely feel good then it's possibly not the best one but if you're looking for something to get completely lost in especially if it's like post watching noughts and crosses which is amazing um I just like this is a beautiful book and it is also so like um so feel good and so full of self-acceptance and it's just gorgeous um but for something that's like pure escapism I really like this isn't necessarily that new it came out about uh, a year ago is a book called Little Liar by Julia Gray oh I am putting that oh, on my list it's 
really good. I actually genuinely recommend, I recommend this to my adult friends as well, like who want like a kind of bit of escapism. It's about this girl who, um, in the, in this book and she is, well, it's never fully diagnosed, but like it's, it's pretty clear in the book that she's a psychopath. Okay. And so she's like a, an unreliable narrator. Like she kind of lies to you as the reader. And so, like, she take, keeps telling you things and you're like, I don't know if this is actually true or not, because then she'll tell you, like, a different version of the story later on. It's huh. so clever. It's just, like, such a clever book. Um, and it's about, like, this girl and, like, she, like, has this kind of relationship with her teacher. It's not, like, it's not, like, super sexualized. It's, 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 it's kind of fairly, fairly good for 12 plus. Um, but she does it. She has, like, a relationship with her teacher that goes a little bit over the boundaries. She does it in order to get him to like get revenge on him after giving her a bad grade. And that's how the book starts. And then it kind of goes from there and just how she lives her life. Um, it's wow. so clever. Like it's like really gripping, like really thrilling um, stuff. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Brilliant. And we should say just because Black Flamingo is a novel in verse uh, and yes. Dean is a poet as well, that Pickled Pepper also will offer recommendations for poetry and also for non-fiction if you need books um, for homeschooling and for general interest so while Matt Haig is right that fiction is absorbing um, we're here for the whole range of books and you you do plays as well don't you theatre for children we absolutely do we do play I mean I I work in theatre as well as working in Pickle Pepper books I'm always up for talking about plays um i really like the play version of noughts and crosses actually i think it's beautiful so if like you can't get enough of it read that as well <laughs> maybe stage it in your house <laughs> yeah do it yeah. you need to, kids need drama <laughs> we have drama classes at school so do a stage version that's a great it. idea actually um i'm also going to give a shout out to alphabet poem for kids which was launched at Pickled Pepper just before all of this happened, it was wasn't it? yeah it has poems yeah. by emily critchley and michael kinslin and incredible collage pictures by Alison Honeywoods. I just sent a copy of this to my nibblings and my nephew, who's six, opened it up and immediately started rolling on the floor laughing at the pictures <laughs> and reading the poems out mm. loud. They're kind of nonsense poems. He was very excited to see silly words and big words um, and rhymes. He said, oh, it's a tongue twister and it's a riddle. Uh, so any other poetry recommends for all ages that you might shout out? Oh, definitely at the moment. There's um, I Bet I Can Make You Laugh by Joshua Siegel. Um, and he also has another one called Welcome to My Crazy Life. They're both really good, actually. And they're just like really, really silly, silly poems. Um, are just so perfect for like now, just like kind of read one and have a laugh. Like, so we have a we have a theatre space in our bookshop, um, which is like our upstairs space, and it's kind of a cute little cozy space that people do theatre in. And Josh came and did his his show there, which is like a stand up set for kids. Amazing, um, which is just amazing. Like, what a brilliant idea! Who better to do stand up for than a big bunch of like ten year olds? Um, but yeah, he like reads loads of his poetry in it and they are so funny. You just, I'm like working downstairs and I can just hear kids like crying with laughter upstairs. Um, yeah, that's a really good recommendation for Does now. Does he have a YouTube channel or? I don't know if he has a YouTube channel. That's definitely going to be something I have to look at now. <laughs> Great. We'll look that up and add that to our podcast notes. <laughs> uh, now I know you're very busy handling your 
book fairy life so I just <laughs> want to say thank you for coming to Birdie Fisher's isolation station and sharing these brilliant recommendations with us uh, anyone who gets in touch via podcast at birdiefisherbooks.com we will send them to talk to you at Pickled Pepper or they can find you at info at pickledpepperbooks.com is that right? .co.uk but yes thank you so much Abby this has been brilliant no worries and hopefully we will all be laughing our pants off in your upstairs theatre <laughs> before too long oh yeah I hope so thank you so much for having me it's been great <laughs> So, from Crush End, where to next? We'll be heading up and over the North London Ridge, uh, remembering when we used to be able to take a bus to do that, because it's a bloody stiff walk. For the, for the benefit of um, the pedants. Uh, in the pedants out there. <laughs> which, which, bu- which bus route are we uh, taking here? We would be taking the W7 to Finsbury Park, and then either the 253 or the 254, which would sail us, through the Mutzer Marshes of Stamford Hill, where everyone is getting ready for social distancing Seder nights. We would be glancing <laughs> past Emirates um, Stadium, wouldn't we? Castle the major Mark. landmark, yes. Exactly. Um, to end up at the Oat Milk Latte Lake of Clapton Pond, <laughs> um, uh, the locale of Pages of Hackney, uh, our next stop on the bookseller pod uh psychopodraphy train um and i spoke to joe the manager at pages of hackney about cycle deliveries and <laughs> how we've all been doing trying to get the books to the people in hackney so i'm gonna hand over to joe now hey joe how's it going good how are you i'm good um tired i guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all quite tired aren't we us booksellers yeah yeah how's your week been yeah i mean it's just been it's been like a frenzy of posting out books um mm-hmm. i'm sure it has been for you as well <laughs> yeah. um it's mm. quite um i guess it's changing kind of week to week so you know we keep making statements about being able to sell and then not being able to sell and um yeah I guess we're just kind of responding as quick as we can but yeah it's the strangest thing is that I just really miss the customers and mm-hmm. yeah being in this like really hyper social job where you you like have loads of incidental conversations every day and it's really unpredictable what's going to happen and yeah um and sort of like ha- recommending books and just having loads and loads of chats every day to just pretty much not seeing many people at all and exactly know, and when you when yeah. you do see people it's kind of weirdly strained isn't it because of yeah. the, the the slight i suppose moral um what exactly. phrase yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. not sure where you stand yeah. or where how far away you should stand or yeah um, and i don't know if you felt this but i feel like there's something because the bookshops are such um social spaces there's something especially sad about when it's all the lights are off and you're just kind of there packing books yeah totally it's literally (laughs) like the you know your job but minus all the good bits um and Mm. you know it's obviously like so lovely that we're getting all this support and we can post out books but um yeah you know it's just it just literally has kind of subtracted the all the 
you know the yeah the social element and yeah and and also you know we used to do all those events didn't we like you guys do as well mm-hmm. and it was just I guess I just feel so grateful that we get to do that hopefully we will again one day yeah but, you know we just have all those fascinating conversations with people and we witness these really interesting conversations with authors and you know that I felt found that so nourishing and mm-hmm. um I guess yeah at the moment it feels like it's just weird how you know in life you can just go from like always thinking about what else you need in your life to just suddenly being really grateful to like keep what you've got and yeah definitely that's I feel like you know it's a kind of shared joke that whenever you tell people that you work in a bookshop they're like oh that must be great you sit around on your ass and just like read books all day and then that's like a sort of slight bitterness (laughs) but then in this you know not being able to do it has made me also realize like all the things that I really love about it the things that you don't we're not getting to do in a minute. Yeah, but how, exactly. how has the support been? Has it been pretty? Yeah, um... it's been amazing. And it, yeah, it's just, it feels really, um, yeah, we're, we're so lucky to be in, you know, just have loads of loyal customers. And mm. yeah, loads of people saying they don't want to go on Amazon. So they're coming to us. And, yeah. um, and, and loads of people are just asking for any book that we choose you know so they're not even like specifying which book they want they're just like oh you know I really trust your judgment send me a couple of paperbacks and yeah so that's really lovely um it's been great I think recommending because obviously I know that you have the same as us uh just been for the last week because of the fact of the supply chain being interrupted just been recommending stuff out of stock I found myself like reaching for stuff that I would have recommended maybe five years ago and hadn't thought yeah. about and, so, and it's still there on the shelf so oh yeah that is a great book <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah and it feels a bit weird doesn't it like selling kind of older stock but actually there's some really amazing books mm. but because they're not spy you know because they're spine out and they're not face out they just mm-hmm. get missed often and um so yeah it's been really nice kind of like digging into the um digging into the spine outs rather than the face outs. Yeah, exactly. Outs. It's yeah, like weird yeah. nerdy terminology there. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> really getting into the into the stock. Yeah. Oh, I should have done this at the beginning, but um, for, for those listeners who don't know about Pages, could you tell us a little bit about the shop, where it is? And, yeah. And... So we, um, yeah, we're on the lower Clapton Road in, in Clapton in Hackney. Um, and it's we've been going for like 11 years now. Um, we run normally run loads of literary events it's mm-hmm. quite a big part of what we do um and we've got a basement with secondhand books a full service bookshop yeah the full service yeah. Yeah. yeah so and where where are you now are you kind of are you still doing mail orders as well as local orders or um like what what, what, yeah, what stage we, are you at we, we're sort of fo- i know it's, it's changing all the time we're focusing on selling from stock um mm-hmm just selling books in the shop just because you know we make a better margin on it it feels um Mm -hmm. it feels better somehow to be doing that um Mm -hmm. and you know we can't it's just really hard to make all these moral calls on you know are the people in the warehouse if we use the supply chain are they able to social distance like we just don't know do we and um I think the, the latest is they are and that's why it's a limited run but um yeah so it's so difficult isn't it to know yeah 
but it does, I, I don't know i find it reassuring that each bookshop is actually considering that and Definitely. i suppose that hopefully people are gonna that's gonna be reflected in, in people's buying habits because i, I know that amazon aren't <laughs> really i know that their processes are largely automated but there's been no interruption yeah this or any consideration of interruption um which is yeah mm. i don't know i feel heartened by the general level of responsibility or that like the, the energy that everyone has been putting into the, the decisions they've made about what they are and aren't going to do definitely yeah. and and also maybe it's a sort of like you know it's really it sort of speaks to um the time that we're living in where you can literally have whatever you want whenever you want it and and actually it's sometimes quite nice for your for the choice to like be reduced a bit and just mm-hmm. you know thinking oh actually that, I'd really like to read that book or um you know as soon as you have limited choice perhaps that you kind of lose a bit of that existential like oh yeah, what choice, do I choose choice <laughs> yeah. paralysis which yeah, I think totally. is a symptom of late capitalism totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so I mean this is probably a bit of a mad question considering the week you've had but have you had any chance to do any reading or yeah I have um I'm just doing that thing where I've got like three books on the go um mm-hmm. I'm reading so I finished um Indelicacy by Amina Kane which is brilliant I absolutely loved it it was um it's just really beautifully written really sort of like stripped back prose but also quite strange but but you know in a really good way um, mm-hmm. yeah the atmosphere slightly reminds me of um Claire Louise Bennett's Pond it's really really good uh-huh, okay um, yeah so is it quite month, domestic and quite internal or... yeah exactly it's sort of internal um it's about this woman who um is like a cleaner in an art gallery and mm. um but yeah it kind of looks at gender and class and um she has like a really big change in her circumstance and um it's yeah it's really it's really unusual it's sort of really stayed with me I can sort of actually still picture scenes from it and then I'm just sort of dipping in and out of uh, funny weather the Olivia Lang um uh, yeah of course yeah and yeah it's got some really I mean it's lo- loads of her writing you know over the years it's the Arthur Russell essay is brilliant oh, it's a really that. good one on Deborah Levy um yeah so mm-hmm. yeah she's it's really great it's really good just to like dip in and out of um mm-hmm. yeah, probably and, yeah. those essay collections are probably the perfect thing totally yeah yeah to the moment they take you out yeah. of yourself for for a little while into a, exactly into something abstract and yeah yeah without really sort of committing to a long time of reading um mm-hmm. I just it's really hard to get the concentration at the moment because you know your phone is always going I've just been trying to put my phone in the other room but I feel quite kind of like it's a bit of a lifeline at the moment. So Oh, definitely, um, yeah, 100%. Mm, yeah, because mm. you get home and then, I don't know, you just try to find responsible ways of <laughs> being social. <Yeah. laughs> and I know. There's only one place you can go for that. Yeah, <laughs> at the moment. it's true, it's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, podcasts as well have been really good. Um, mm-hmm. What have you been um, listening to? This one, of course, which oh, is amazing. Oh. <laughs> Just loving it, Sam. Really loving it. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you. Especially your little jingles at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, also, everyone has really good voices, very good singing mm-hmm. voices. Um, the, and also, yeah, Literary Friction is yeah. one of my favourite literary podcasts. Um, yeah, it's so great, isn't it? So good, so mm. good. It's really in-depth and but also kind of um, just 
just really um the last one was um Kylie Reed, Such a Fun Age, I think mm-hmm. was the last one they did. And it was just such a brilliant interview. And that's yeah, it's a, that's also another book I've read recently. Um So the, my next my next question actually was um kind of the flip side of what you have been reading. It's uh, mm. our toilet book <laughs> feature where we ask oh, people uh, yeah, no, uh, <gasps> what, the, what the first book that you would reach for in the event that you ran out of toilet paper. Oh no. Oh, just kind of feels sacri- like sacrilege. But yeah, I don't know. I think I don't have this book, but I'm just going to be really obvious and say something by Jordan Peterson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Enough said. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think there'll be some uh, sympathetic uh, <laughs> listeners out there um, to that to that choice. Yeah. So just before we go. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch, anyone in Hackney uh, who wants to order books from stock or wants a recommendation, how, how should they get in touch? Um, yeah, so we're just asking everyone to email at the moment um, just because it's only one person working on it and it just is pretty intense to have um, book orders coming in on loads of different platforms. So mm-hmm. we're just asking um, people to just email info at pagesofhackney.co.uk and that's just the best way to um, and just like with the books you want or if, if you just want to be recommended something Brilliant, I feel, I feel you in that uh, one, one person thing, just know that if you email pages you're talking to Joe and if you email Bernie Fisher you're talking to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Totally uh, Well thanks so much for talking to us and, uh, Oh thanks yeah. Sam, thanks so much for having Look us after on yourself. My yeah, pleasure. And, uh, well done. Keep doing this brilliant podcast. I'm really loving it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. And from the oat milk latte lake, <laughs> we drift on our two wheels through Hackney, uh, waving as we go to Birdie Fisher on Kingsland Road, which is also a bookshop. And we see, sadly, sat in the window, the maven of psychogeography, Ian Sinclair, who (laughs) we worship in the absence of his words. And we're trying our best with psychopodraphy as we head down Kingsland Road towards the city of London. So have we a quick derive? Uh, through the uh, <laughs> um, these edifices of steel and glass, <laughs> now abandoned <laughs> as the pandemic spreads its fingers through the suburbs of the city. It's pigeony wings. <laughs> yeah, the pigeons have taken taken over the square mile. Apparently, I feel like my my Hollywood trailer voice uh, accent is as bad as my French one. Which, which, uh, in terms of my French teacher did say was enormity accent, which I think is the equivalent of a having an Essex accent in France. So, you know, yes. I'm bright. You have, a rather, accurate, accurate. you have a rather Russian French accent. Like. <laughs> yeah. I feel that's quite cultured. I'm an emigre <laughs> among the sparkling milieu. Perfect. <laughs> we got totally lost in the uh, corridors of our warped minds there but now we're back on track heading down Cheapside where I think you were gonna pay a call to a friend is that right Anthony? Yes yeah um, I stumble wearily up to the door of 
Dawn Books, um, desperate to speak to my bookseller friend and peer inside through the, the misted panes and knock. And no one's there. There's no reply. So, stop <gasps> <the> back. <laughs> On to Cheapside. Desperate, but not defeated. Um, and thinking maybe of heading to the LRB instead. So we trot along through the um, storied streets of Bloomsbury, having skipped a huge chunk in a uh, <laughs> jump cut. <laughs> uh, we just fell asleep uh, on the 55. It's, yeah. uh, it's <laughs> glided, just glided right past. It's, it's a lovely service. It's very regular and um, <laughs> a lovely new Heatherwick buses. Um, Good number so, yeah, as well. I spoke Excellent to Gail, bookseller at the London, st- similarly storied London Review of Books, um, about how they have been coping um, with the pandemic and what they're doing to keep up their spirits and what they've been reading. So let's hear from Gail. How's it going, Gail? I'm all right. How are you, Sam? Very well. Very well. Thanks for talking to us today on the isolation station. It's good to be here. What's your day look like? What's Friday on an isolation day? Um, well, on Fridays I have my ancient Greek lessons, so mm. it's a change from every other day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not easy learning ancient Greek over Google Hangouts. Or I feel like it's 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 pretty precious when you have these these routines that hang over from from before <laughs> that yeah. separate the days. Definitely yeah. Any, any listeners who um, haven't heard of the London Review Bookshop, can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, so we are a bookshop in Bloomsbury, just around the corner from the British Museum. Um, we are part of the same company as the London Review of Books, the magazine. We stock all sorts of stuff, but we have a really good poetry section, good philosophy section, essays, all the fiction you could ever want. We also have a cake shop, which is, I don't know whether it's more of an attraction, but it's, <laughs> it's up there. It doesn't hurt. Events, obviously not at the moment because, you know. Uh, that would be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So how, how are you all kind of coping with the, the change? How's everyone finding it? Because I, um, I know that not many of you live near the shop, right? So it's kind of same yes. to us, same, same as us. Yes. So obviously it's in central London. Mm-hmm. I don't think many booksellers live in, <laughs> in Bloomsbury, do they? <laughs> <laughs> not since like i don't know 1914 or something yeah but we're sort of doing bits and pieces online but obviously there's sort of a limit to what you can do but we are taking orders we're writing you know silly blogs to entertain doing everything that we were usually doing apart from uh actually being in the bookshop selling books um mm-hmm. but yes if you want to be entertained by nonsense on twitter yeah follow lrb bookshop yeah you do a pretty good line in in nonsense i have to say some of the finest <laughs> and what have you been reading have you have you been managing to find any time to read at all or um a little bit but i'm just i can't can't i mean i think everyone's saying this but i just can't concentrate on anything um mm-hmm. i foolishly on the last day that we were open i panic bought uh all six volumes of anthony trollope's barchester chronicles um and tweeted that i was gonna write a blog about <laughs> reading them <laughs> I love I love these like the ambitions that we all have at the beginning, and then by day three I was you know kind of like eating crisps in my pants at like right. one o'clock in the afternoon. 
Um, <laughs> I have, I've managed to read one volume, but I mean, that's pretty good guy. My brain power, to be honest, I'm not sure I'm uh, going to be able to get. And like more than one person has been like, Gail, really looking forward to your Anthony Trollope blog. Um, <laughs> so yeah, don't know when that's going to happen. I feel like rereading is the way to go. I reread the Camille Lawn. I don't know if you've read it. No, I haven't. Okay, it's a um, well, it's set in the war, World War, um, and it's about a group of cousins and their lives in London during the Blitz, basically. And it's just a book in which like. Lots of bad stuff. Also, like, there's just lots of people shagging. Really enjoyable and fun. Um, <laughs> and I feel like that's about as much as, as, my, as my brain can take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's very comforting. And also, like, rereading helps you to steal back that um, pleasure from the kind of task rabbit brain to yeah, <laughs> create ambitions of writing blogs. And I have yeah. that as well. Totally. Yeah. So another question we're asking people... <laughs> is what would be the first book that you would reach for uh, if you ran out of toilet paper? Feel free to refuse to answer this question. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it's in poor taste, but <laughs> I think it, it just kind of gives a sense of the, the level that I'm on okay. <laughs> at this point. Well, I mean, uh, I just, I, I mean, I think that all of the toilet paper discourse is ridiculous because we all have showers. We're fine. Yeah, we, I mean, we endorse this message as a, uh, as a public hygiene. Um, <laughs> no, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we encourage you to um, respect all of your books um, <laughs> at the same time. Okay, well, it's great to talk to you, Gail. Well, um, how, how should people get in touch if they want to order um, the Camomile Lawn or um, all sorts of volumes of <laughs> Anthony Trollope and start a vlog? Um, you just need to email us at books at lrbshop.co.uk. Cool. Brilliant. And actually, just before we go, I want to mention mm-hmm. Gail has been running this fantastic campaign on GoFundMe, which just finished today to raise money to support booksellers who um, are struggling uh, because of uh, loss of income. And you you hit your target today, right? We did, yeah. 50 grand, which is completely insane. Pretty um, <laughs> unbelievable, really. Yeah. So what's it taken? About about a week? Uh, so I think two weeks, I think it's been on. Um, we started it and we sort of put the target at 10 grand, which is like quite a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and, but then we, we sort of got half of that in a day and then... Uh, Penguin Random House got in touch to say that they wanted to match every donation we had up to 50 grand um, so we uh, yeah <laughs> now we've yeah. raised we've raised 50 grand and then Penguin are matching that so it's actually 100 grand which is it's fucking amazing incredible. isn't it <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, yeah it's yeah well, I, I, there's, I just feel like there's been such an outpouring of goodwill to booksellers um, and yeah. it's yeah I suppose quantifies that in a quite concrete way but yeah and yeah, so the hardship grants is what we've been raising money for. And so if you need help, go to their website and have a look. They... We'll put we'll put details of their um of their of their website and their contact details cool. in the in the line of notes. Um, but congratulations, it's an, a massive achievement. And yeah, no, thank you to it. everyone who donated. It. Well, thanks for talking to us, Gail, and have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Look after yourself. You too. Bye, Sam. Bye. And so from the romantic cobbles of Bloomsbury, leaving the British Museum behind us, we head south, which is a mystifying direction, (laughs) towards the river, the glittering (gasps) conduit that links all of London. Such jewels. 
Such jewels sparkling <laughs> Such in the jewels sunshine. That blind my eyes. The breeze, the boats, I have no idea what's happening on the Thames at the moment. It's probably full of whales and seals. Who knows? But there before <laughs> us are the great centres of London arts on the South Bank, which in the time of William Shakespeare, of course, beyond the wall, the prescribed zone, the margins where the emplagued were. So we cross the river going towards the globe and beyond that all is darkness all is mystery so the others haven't got their pimlico passports or their vaccinations because they are such embedded north and under nights so <laughs> i'm going to pick up from shame. here yeah i'm going to ring the bell of shame sounds like this shame, <laughs> shame. a bit like a i think i think that's of the, shame. the goat of shame yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> The South London Goat of Shame. Following the South London Goat of Shame on its uh, <laughs> its solitary march through Bermondsey, we stop off for a flag and a veil in the uh, the old breweries before toddling on down towards the old Kent Road, where we stop and pick up a some building supplies, <laughs> a, a shelter from <laughs> where we might rest our weary heads upon this merry journey, and then head down the Surrey Keys Canal path towards Peckham. Hang on, have we? Have we skipped Marshall C Prison? Is it not imperative in all oh. psychopodrophy to mention <laughs> Marshall C yeah. Prison and Charles Dickens? Done. It, it, the imperative is is all yours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fulfilled it. Tick. Okay. <laughs> Marshall C Prison. In that case, we'll head straight on to Lidl, um, just past Beckham Library, <laughs> where <laughs> scores of people are queuing for their discount ginger nuts, uh, which I would recommend. Very good. Very reasonably priced. <laughs> Uh, down to Bellenden Road, where we will be speaking to Katia, manager of Review Bookshop, a fine establishment. Um, and we're going to hand over to So to speak to Katia. Hi, so I'm here on or in the isolation station with Katia Wingraff of Review Bookshop in Peckham. Hi, Katia. How are you doing? I'm good, pal. How are you doing? I'm all right. Are you enjoying the sun over the yard arm with a, a good book and an aperitif? Um, so, yes. Uh, it was my birthday last week, so I had lots oh. So I've got lots of leftover um, champagne that I cannot drink with my friends. So I am just slowly working through on my own day by day, which has been very nice. That's extremely noble. Um, yeah, take one for the team, the team of one. <laughs> Brave. And what, what reading do you find goes well with birthday champagne? Um, so I had a funny thing, which is that I couldn't read for the first week. And then... Snap. Yeah, the first week yeah. was just like weird sort of um, stress brain. Um, and I, 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 I did something a little shameful and, um, I watched every single episode of Game of Thrones. Um, in a week? In a week, bar the last two, like, it's literally all I did. And it reminded me of like, years ago when I was younger, um, I got attacked and after I got attacked, I couldn't leave the house until I'd played Final Fantasy VII three times through. And then, and that takes about like 327 hours to do. And I was like, oh, I just needed to be like passive and still for a week. And so I've only just started reading again now. Um, and, and are you like... now reading Game of Thrones? 
No, um, <laughs> I really, <laughs> I realised that I needed to actually crack a book when I had been like scrolling up Twitter so much um, that I was trying to pick what book to read, and I picked up Confessions of the Fox by Geordie Rosenberg, oh, and fantastic. I was reading the blurb on the back, and I, I, I took my finger and I scrolled up. <laughs> to see what else people had to say about it. Maggie Nelson says, rollicking, hang on for the ride. And I just moved my finger up the back of the book, <laughs> expecting to see more. <laughs> what happened? Nothing. I just looked at my... I did it. And then I looked at my finger and I just thought, you're not magic. <laughs> did you start swiping right on the pages as you were reading it? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't started yet. That was today. <laughs> Uh, so you're retraining your brain in preparation. I'm, I'm getting back into it. I've been writing um, a little bit as well, which has been good. Yeah. And have you been called upon to make recommendations, which is one of the strange situations when, you know, you're struggling to read and not just during this crisis, but sometimes this happens as a bookseller, you're struggling to read or you're hating something that you read um, or you're reading something for work. And then people ask you for recommendations and you have to kind of refine that that passion uh to reach out to them so i uh i feel i feel bad about this because all the other booksellers have been working very very hard and i'm just on like full furlough so my boss um has basically said don't do anything and I've finally found an instruction I can follow. So no one's really been getting in touch with me to do that. Um, and so, and so I, just, I started really missing it. And I was in, um, I live in this block of flats and there's about 20 different flats that all share the same garden. And it's um, a really sweet garden. Um, and I was just like, they were like, what do you miss? And I was like, I never thought I'd say this, but I really miss my job. So I just did it with the neighbours. I was like, I want that like human interaction of like asking people questions about their lives and then yeah. picking out the right things for them. Um, so yeah, I've 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 been doing a bit of it, but in a very like localized, socially distant way. Um, it's not for the it turns out to be a very useful apocalypse survival skill, being able to recommend the perfect yeah. book to people. I think it's making me finally popular in the in the garden. <laughs> What was your best recommendation? What was the one that got the whoop of joy? Oh, um, well, it was um, my downstairs neighbour, Fidelma, who's a, she's a great harp player. Um, uh, I gave her, she, wants, she said she wanted something like short and sexy and brilliant. And so I gave her Angeretta Sphinx. Nice. And she was like into that. And then I was reading Anne Carson. And then she was like, I love Anne Carson. And so I, I gave her like loads more Anne Carson that she hadn't read. So yeah. So these recommendations are coming from your bookshelves. Yes. Um <laughs> and I'm just settling <laughs> them down. <laughs> like a sort of like a just a strange human. I'm like, here you go. And I'm like rubbing them down and looking them in the eye and then being like, I've got you this dettol smelling book. Um <laughs> but yeah, it's been really it's been it's been good. It's been good. But yeah, I miss I do miss book selling a lot. The social interaction aspect of it. Yeah, or the smell definitely. of the books, the non-dettol smell of the books. Oh, yeah, I love a, I love a good uh, non-dettol hand sell. What were you hand selling before the full furlough, which is such an absurdly old-fashioned and romantic term that I think we should say it quite often. Full furlough. 
what what was flying from your hands to the customers? Oh my god, I'm trying to remember. Um, doesn't it seem like a lifetime ago? Yes, like, it does. <laughs> a couple of weeks, and I'm just like my brain sort of wiped itself clean. What it was, was a that? different reality? It was a very different reality. Um, I'm trying to visualize the bookshop and the space. Are you doing this from home, or you're not at the bookshop, are you? No, because it's so funny how like how my brain is like linked to the physical like bricks and mortar aspect of the bookshop that my memory mm. won't actually bring up anything your memory is also on full furlough and is not allowed to do any bookstore work my what sorry your memory has been put on full furlough yeah, my memory's just gone completely <laughs> it's like do you want to interview someone who can't, can't remember anything <laughs> was was there anything that you were because I'll, I'll often have titles that I'm like planning to pick up on my next payday. So was there anything that you were thinking about getting that is now forever located in the inaccessible bricks and mortar space? Um, that you no, are but mourning? I remembered what I was like hand forcing everyone. Um, okay. We do call <laughs> it hand selling. Sorry. <laughs> hand um, choice. The way that I do it. <laughs> hand consenting everyone. <laughs> so um I've got this like really intense bookseller move I do when I, I don't think I can quite be bothered to get into a real discussion with someone, which is I just pick up a book I think is amazing and then I look them in the eye and then I say, This is the one for you. Um, <laughs> And it's so intense that they go with it. So I only pick the best books for that. So the two that I was selling loads of um, before the furlough were In the Dream House by Carmen Ria Machado. And um, uh, is it Yoko Agawa, The Memory Police? Yes, Yoko Agawa. Because I truly believe everyone should read those two books. Absolutely. And they, weirdly, they are kind of, in different ways, both really important books to be reading right now because they're mm. about how we how we organize our memories how we organize our relationships mm. um like difficult books but also really important books so very prescient of you oh my god thank you <laughs> and was there were, were there titles that were there titles that you were looking forward to like we've had a lot of people being very excited for hamnet the Maggie O'Farrell yeah. uh, novel. So, and that there's that weird interruption as well of things that we were excited for in April, May, even June that are now maybe imaginary books or who yeah. knows when we'll access them. So um, this is going to sound like a plug, but it's not a plug. Um, it is a plug. It's, it's we welcome it's, we welcome plugs. It's a plug light. It's um so um I have only read a little bit of it so far. Because, you know, when you're reading a book that's written by a friend of yours and you feel like you're just wiggling your fingers in their brain and it's like too much and you have to sort of step back. And then I kind of needed I needed the book to launch before I can properly read it. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. It's like, and it's hygienic. That's like, not really hygienic. <laughs> Take your fingers out of that author's brain, Katia. Um, so Evie's uh, book, The Bass Rock, Evie Wilde's yes. Um Everyone I know that's read it is just like, oh my God, it's so good. Um, and every time I read anything of hers, I'm like, oh my God, it's so good. So I'm, I kind of needed the launch to happen for me to be able to read it. Like I needed it to be part of the world before I could really get stuck in because it felt too sort of deeply personal before then. Because I was right. really about that. And then that's... 
And any any insights or updates on how Evie Wild is coping with launching the bus rock into this strange new world? How's I it mean, been for her? <laughs> Evie is incredibly chill and also not half as creepy as her books make her seem. So <laughs> that is the best Tinder profile ever. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like um she's still like you know she's like doing stuff she's doing little interviews I know she's doing a podcast with someone soon and and stuff like that so I think it's just like strange she was supposed to have a launch and she was she did a little fundraiser for the Trussell Trust instead and she was like I'm spending what I could have spent on like chips and wine for the launch on this if anybody wants to chip in go for it and you can see that Brilliant. on Twitter if you feel like donating as well so I think yeah I think she's <laughs> she's doing all right <laughs> but yeah so I think like stuff's still coming out about it but um I look forward to staring people deep in the eyes and saying this is the book for you when I get back to the shop I think where people are going to be lining up at the review bookshop for that experience <laughs> I, I know, know I, know I am so broke if we don't <laughs> yeah um joke break joke um how are you comforting yourself through this time other than game of thrones um is it is it right that you have discovered your amazing cooking skills am i right in hearing that it's true and i'm actually so i've always like so yeah so i tried to be vegetarian for ages and um i was really bad at it because i never had time to cook and i never had time to learn anything nice and then i got um told that I couldn't eat gluten and I was like oh this sucks and then ate loads of gluten and got just continued having like a horrible full body rash so mm. like I never really like and then I just started eating meat again because I was like oh I can't handle it so then like since this it's been really nice so I've got loads of time to just pad around the kitchen and like make stuff and I've turned into a sort of demented trad wife um my housemate Stefan is literally just getting like real nice vegetarian meals three times a day um I don't know if he's happy about that because I know he really loves chicken um (laughs) but yeah I found out that everyone should just roast huge chunks of ginger every day (laughs) because it's so tasty I'm imagining your cookbook called roast huge chunks of ginger do you do you think there'll be a cookbook coming out of this um probably and it'll just be the same recipe on every page it'll just be comforting sage ginger oil heat (laughs) just like a different picture of a chunk on each page um but there is some food writing um that uh can i plug something else it's not yes yes it's not even a real book yet um but i do know that rebecca may johnson has just um submitted her like book about foodie domestic stuff um and she's just such a great writer and human um that I'm really excited to read it so um, if anyone listening is doing acquisitions like bye 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 now's the time um I totally second that about Rebecca May Johnson's writing and also I think it's an unbelievable achievement to be holding on to the focus and be and submitting something under these conditions so doubly important for anyone out there to buy it so that we can read it and and celebrate it on on the other side of this which will happen um how are you doing like what are you doing to like stay chill are you cooking are you i i feel that the podcast is now getting out of my control <laughs> <laughs> then ignore the question we can wipe yes. it later. <laughs> just leave uh, this whole segment Okay, up next, we will be headed past the um, respected victuallers on Bellenden Road 
towards, I guess, kind of where we began, but in uh, the mirror opposite, Dalvich. It's the um, King Charles Spaniel Kennel of South London. Um, and now, shh, what is that we hear? So? It is the sound of leather thwacking on Willow. And also Whack. possibly of a cricket match. <laughs> <laughs> It's coming from every house. <laughs> is that is that the 2015 test uh, rerun that's currently airing on Sky? <laughs> because everyone is going mad and there's no sport to watch. But the real reason that we're here um, is to visit Sophie Davidson at um, Village Books. So let's hand over to Sophie. Hey Sophie, how's it going? Hi Sam, fine I guess. How how are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Enjoyed the yeah. sunny weather this weekend. Um, yeah. Excuse for some socially distant, responsible exercise. <laughs> I haven't done any exercise. I'm too scared of being told off, so I've just been sat in my garden. I feel like it's fast. a pretty. It's quite good. Yeah, having a garden's a, a big boon right now. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I also have that that fear of kind of um, being stopped by an, an officious person being asked what I think I'm up to. I know. I feel like when I've been shopping, I went to Holland and Barrett the other day because I thought I'd be able to get some um, flour. But then I ended up just buying like shampoo because I was worried that it didn't flour didn't seem like a thing I was allowed to be shopping for. So I just <laughs> yeah. ended up spending like loads of money on things As like a cover. Yeah, it's, a it's like going going to buy a, a dirty magazine and buying like a load of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> isolation version of that is buying flour. <laughs> and what, yeah, I used to work yeah. in Sainsbury's, and it was quite funny when people were buying condoms, but like they'd buy something else. Yeah, a cucumber once, but anyway. Um, so, you work for Village Books in Dulwich. Um, I do. Can you tell us a bit about for listeners who aren't familiar with your shop? Um, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so um, I work at Village Books in Dulwich, which is often confused with Dulwich Books, which is in West Dulwich. Um, <laughs> but we're a small sort of family shop, I'd say, in uh, the village, so quite near the picture gallery. Two floors, we sell all sorts of things, and it's me and four other women who work there. And the owners had the shop for um, 20 at least 20 years and it's been a bookshop for about 100 years so it's quite steeped, steeped in history nice. yeah i'm the thing i'm always most jealous of about your shop is it's the number of very fine looking dogs that you get um oh yeah yeah it's Dulwich dog. dogs it's like <laughs> yeah. a whole different thing um it's a, it's a new so level. schnauzers a very different Armbrief. dog vibe to hampstead or somewhere i'd say there's like less of the um small there's bigger dogs there's no sort of french bulldogs it's all like working cockers and you know mm -hmm. basset hounds proper proper so, dogs one might call them proper dogs i wouldn't but you know <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't, dogs lots you of judge. yeah 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 i'm not judging uh, dogs so have you been finding isolation uh, uh i mean i've i'm on week four um mm -hmm. and wow. i've sort of it feels like I'm on the summer holidays, like at my grandma's house. 
as a child and I can't you know really <laughs> do anything so it's going quite quickly for me now I think I'm like every Friday I'm like oh my god it's gardener's world day and then that's like the sign that the week's over that's the metronome for the week yeah and <laughs> yeah. I've been like waking up looking obviously on Instagram and I'll see what day of the week it is from someone a shop or something and I'm like oh okay Monday mm-hmm. there we go we another are. week <laughs> another week another week um, have you have you yeah. been managing to find some time to to read at all yeah i've been reading well i started out yeah when i started out i was reading this russian sort of satirical novel that i don't think i can pronounce a uh, title or the author's name so i'm not going to try um <laughs> and that was really good because i feel like there's been books in my room that i've been like oh okay there's going to be the right moment for this and it isn't now um mm-hmm. so that was really good I also listened to the new Marianne Keys, which mm. was excellent. I think because normally my book taste is basically books that are like my life, but a bit worse. Um, <laughs> and that hasn't quite fitted in for now. Like, mm. it's all a bit petty and kind of, I don't know, it feels a bit pointless. So I've been reading, yeah, like Marianne Keys, Good Laugh. And it's sort of out of my zone of living, so it's fine. It's true. I feel like I haven't really felt like reading these kind of studies of modern life or like psychological no, studies really. of the present moment because it feels they feel kind of yeah. totally irrelevant. I suppose. I know. And then I read the discomfort of evening, and I was like, I don't even mm. know what I think of this. Um, I've been reading the new Hilary Mantel because that's I'm loving that. That's a whole different thing um yeah. and then i just finished the most ridiculous curtis sittenfeld book which was about two sisters who are psychic and one of them predicts an earthquake and the other one's given up her powers and the book is just about that um and it was like 500 pages of just oh because i started reading that a while ago and i was like this i can't read this like so this was perfect for that mm-hmm. finishing off books about um sibling psychics that's the uh oh, yeah the just, the, just the books time. that i think you have and you i don't know what other people are like but i've got loads of books that i have and i'm like i look at them and i'm like oh yeah not now but, mm-hmm. but one day and it's yeah. been like, like at the minute i'm looking at clarissa dixon wright's autobiography and i'm thinking that might be a good thing to read now could be next yeah it could be next or the lost pianos of siberia i mean I feel like it's a kind of whimsically aspirational time, not books that you feel like, you know, big books that you have to read, but but books that you have bought knowing that you probably won't read them, but that interests you. I mean, I've been reading The Odyssey and listening to The Odyssey. The new translation? Yeah, I bought it in hardback. Yeah, that's that's really good on the (laughs) shelf for a while then. I feel like that's the most quoted introduction of, of of any recent book. I know, yeah, but it's weird because I feel like all my like friends, well, academic friends, are talking about it all the time, and I was just like, oh, I need to read it at some point. Otherwise, I mean, I feel like I already know it from having to listen to. Yeah, I think it's important to read those books sometimes, isn't it? And actually, it's so so easy to feel like you almost forget that you haven't read it because when yeah. you're so steeped steeped in other people's opinions. Um, okay. So, also, you're a photographer. Yes. Um. And you take photographs of authors and of, well, and of other things as well. Have you been yeah. managing to find some time to, to do make any work from home? Or? Ooh. 
uh, well, um, well, so basically I've shoot film. So I've got like 10 years of mm. negatives that have been in various bags. Um, so I've been putting those into folders, which is quite a nice sort of menial task. Mm, quite um, meditative. Yeah, good for listening to things. And actually, I think because um, people can't take photos, I've had people, I took pictures of Gia Tolentino and I've had uh, random Italian magazine buying them for the cover and stuff like that. And like, <laughs> amazing. A, someone's buying a picture of me for a book cover. So I've had, you know, like. Well, congratulations. Some <laughs> stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. good because no one else can get outside. So people have to use old stuff recycle what it book, what book is it that it's been bought for or you're not allowed to say i don't know point? well i i don't i'm not really allowed to say i don't think i mean i okay. can't remember the title we'll hold but... everyone in, in suspense you just have yeah, to look we'll... out for it yeah when we're allowed i'm sure i'll you. post about it on instagram mm. yeah i would say also you run a blog um women cook for me right um yes i guess it's been impossible for women to cook for you <laughs> At yeah, I've been posting stuff. Or? Um, well, basically, I've been cooking for my house, which I like cooking, so I might as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's not a chore. And um, my housemates are vegan, so it's been quite good for me to make things I wouldn't or like think about food in a different way to how I would normally just put stuff together. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think that a lot of anxiety from this is people not knowing how to behave um, mm-hmm. with normal things they'd be doing so I've been speaking to a few um shop workers and restaurant owners and things like that about their opinions of the best way for people to support them at the minute and um yeah so that will yeah, be, uh, be coming out soon and that's what, what what's how can people find that it will be on my instagram so that's just women cook for me um and then I think I'm I've been one of my friends works in a she was working at a sort of natural food shop and is working at another shop now but I've asked her to do something because I mean from working even like at Sainsbury's in my youth I know people direct their emotions at you in Mm -hmm. a not fully understandable way even in normal times like people get Mm -hmm. annoyed at you for not cutting their cheese properly um so imagining now is kind of yeah yeah, a lot of kind of simmering tension coming to the surface. The one time I went out, I went to Asda on Old Kent Road and I left the house at like 5.45 in the morning because um, I was like, didn't want to be dangerous. And then when I got there, there was like a massive queue. Um, mm. I was in the queue to pay for three hours. And when I left, oh, yeah. there were policemen and an ambulance there because of people fighting. So I, I feel like that's that's calmed down a little bit now to an extent yeah oh yeah definitely but i think people are still getting to be a bit horrible yeah um so my final question which is a question we ask everyone mm-hmm. is um if when the if if the toilet roll ran out what would be the first yeah. book that you reach for well so actually i'm not gonna pin it on a specific book but outside of our bathroom there's it's my housemate's bookshelf and it is just penguin classics Fitzcarraldo and like philosophy books and I think when people come to my house they leave the bathroom and they're like either like oh wow or oh my god (laughs) um so immediately I would probably use one of maybe like Don Quixote or something you know one of the like Plato something 
that's on that shelf. I guess the great thing about Don Quixote, you could you could you could probably lose a big chunk of it because it's a romance. It exactly. wouldn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> no. Although um, some people would probably argue. Yeah. yeah, and I think they're quite easily replaced. And also, I don't think the owner of the books is ever going to read mm-hmm. all of them. So yeah, it's fine. Okay, Don Quixote. That was a bit of a cheat answer. I think. I think no. I think it's a good answer. It's long. It's long. It's winding. It will last you a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, actually, I just um, so if people want to get in touch and get a personal recommendation from you, um, how how do people get in touch with Village Books? Um, so our email is dulwich at village-books.co.uk, and someone would definitely forward it to me because what else have I got to do? Well, thanks very much for talking to us, Sophie. And um, I don't actually think people are being horrible. I feel bad about what I said about people in supermarkets. I think people are all right. It's an anxious time. And I forgive everyone for their bad behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> on that yeah. on that positive note. That's it. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Sam. Bye. Bye. Having travelled from the far north to the deeper south, it's as if we've turned London into a Rorschach. A mirroring image that, like butterfly wings, will lift up along the spine of the Thames and hopefully take flight once again in this glorious spring. Okay, shame again. Shame, shame. <laughs> Where's the shame going? Shame, shame. Shame. <laughs> shame. Quiet shame has caught hold of um, the proboscis of the uh, butterfly to try and escape. <laughs> Is it proboscis? I, my DTC biology is <laughs> I think it's proboscis, but <sighs> my biology is about as good as your French. That's my Normandy pronunciation. Yeah, you can blame that on your French proboscis. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us again on the Burley Fisher Isolation Station for another serving of hot nonsense um, from the Burley Fisher Brain Trust. Um, and thanks to all of the other booksellers who spoke to us. All of their uh, information will be in uh, the liner notes if you want to get in touch with them to order books. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us to harangue us, um, to offer suggestions about pronunciation, to suggest essay titles for Dan's um, podcast retreat essay, please just... Or uh, if, you're a, if you're a bookseller and you want to speak to us, we could speak to you. Yeah, down the line. I mean, yeah we could do that. Then we could definitely do that. They're not going to want to do that now, though, after... <laughs> yeah, they might not want to. <laughs> yeah. If you don't want to, that's fine. We're, that was we're, a bit enthusiastic. <laughs> but uh, the email address is podcast at bellyfishybooks.com and we'll be with you again on Friday. Thanks very much. Burley Fisher's Isolation Station was brought to you by the team at Burley Fisher Books. Your hosts today were Sam Fisher, Somaya and Anthony Hurley. Joined by staff at Pickle Pepper Books, Pages of Hackney, The London Review Bookshop, Review Bookshop Peckham and Dulwich Village Books. This show was produced by Dan Fuller with music by Anthony Hurley and made possible by you lot. Hope you enjoyed it. See you soon.